actually had to close the book and I walked away and I'm looking at the book and I said, that's it now, I'm done. And it actually took me two days to go back. It's kind of like when Sarah Paulson came out at a later age and Holly Taylor coming out at a later age. Mm-hmm. No one was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but there's literally no connection to that at all. We just know that she's really horny. <laughs> you must no you have to have... You're listening to season two of What Would Sappho Say? Follow us on our weird and wonderful journey as we read and review as many sapphic novels as we can. Hi everyone, welcome back to What Would Sappho Say? It's been a hot minute. And when I say a hot minute, I mean like five fucking months. If you haven't been on my Twitter or my Instagram, you may not have seen a video that I posted um, a couple of weeks back, just before Christmas, um, as to why I had disappeared off the face of the earth. And that was literally just a, a low mental point for me. Um, feel free to go onto either of those platforms and you'll be able to see the video and you can hear all my private secrets that are now public. But in the midst of that um, sort of low point that I was having, I found a way to get back into reading somehow. Now, I will say before all of this gets going... When I started this book, I had only just come out of my slump. Um, so I wasn't necessarily reading it with like brand new sort of motivational, loving eyes when I began. So it's been a process and you'll see that as the episode goes on. But we are back. Lee Winter has been recommended to me since the dawn of this fucking podcast. Literally since I pitched the idea to all of my friends. So many of them were like, oh my God, Lee Winter. And when I posted it on Twitter, that was like what I was getting constantly. But I had some aversions to starting with Lee's books. I don't actually know why. I wanted to start with uh, more kind of soft, fluffy ones. Ended up starting with a really bad one. <laughs> um, but I have finally gotten round to it, as requested. We're here. I chose the the um, the brutal truth because it's I I think it was fairly similar to one of the first books I did, which was something to talk about, uh, by Meryl Wilsner. Um, so the book that we're going that we're doing today is the brutal truth by Lee Winter. Also, I would like to mention that I have a soft audience today. So <laughs> Lena's around. Another one of my friends is going to be around. She may pop in with a voice here and there. But my main guest for today is. A new face, actually, to the podcast. Um, a new face to life, to my life. And the actual reason why we're reading this book in the first place. <laughs> otherwise, I think I would have been a bit more stubborn towards it. Um, but today, my guest of honour is Jules. Say hi, Jules. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Jules, when she found out I did the podcast, was like, Oh my God, you need to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I I did bully you a bit into it. Um, maybe a little bit more than that, but I finally got her to do it. I'm very excited. So, yeah. Hello everyone, I'm Julie Jakes and my pronouns are she, her, and my good friends call me Jules. <laughs> my good friends call me Jules. <laughs> yeah, it was it was soft bullying, but it's okay. I think I needed to kick up the hole to be quite honest with you, because it had been a hot like it'd been a while. I did Honey Girl and then I completely like fell off. Just fell off the bandwagon and died in a hole for a couple of weeks. <laughs> okay, so the brutal truth. I'm going to read out the, the 
blurb on the back. If you haven't read this, there may be some minor spoilers, so just bear that in mind. If you have read it, just you're here along for the ride and feel free to share your thoughts with me. Um, so the blurb says, Australian crime reporter Maddie Gray is out of her depth in New York, miserable and secretly drawn to her powerful, twice married media mogul boss, Elena Bartel, who eats failing newspapers for breakfast. As work takes them to Australia, Maddie is goaded into a brief, seemingly, seemingly harmless bet where her enigmatic boss why are all the words on this so difficult where they have to tell the complete truth to each other it backfires catastrophically and a lesbian romance about the lies we tell ourselves so from the get-go really camp line right then (laughs) i said to you earlier jules that i didn't okay just bear with me everybody as we got through this because as i said like i started this book coming out of the depths of despair um a very long grueling time but I did say earlier that I didn't get into this book until chapter 14 and I also only finished this book half an hour ago so I wanted it to be super fresh while we were (laughs) (laughs) while we were doing this Jules has you you do the audiobook of this most of the time don't you I do um it's oh I should have looked beforehand but I'm pretty sure it's narrated by Abby Craven and don't come after me if that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> but she's one of my <laughs> she's one of my favorite narrators, and the audiobook version is just so good. But I do have in paper copy as well, and I've probably listened to it and read it at least twenty times. It's one of my all time favorites. Hardcore fan. So if Lee Winter listens to this, because I know they've been on my social media recently. Hardcore fan, right here. Jules is yes. like fangirling. But yeah, I... Yes, I am fangirling. <laughs> I, however, am not great with audiobooks. I have the attention span of a squirrel. Um, and I also like to write notes. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, as I said, chapter 14 was when I really started to get into this book. Now, it is a slow burn, so that was sort of to be expected. And as I said, I kind of felt that it was a lot like something to talk about, which I believe you listened to, didn't you? Yes, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah so it's it, it, the the premise is the same, except I think the brutal truth has a bit more mm, maturity about it, or maybe elegance. Something like to talk, about, yeah, m- something to talk about was a bit fluffier. Yeah. This one is a little bit more on the the more f- like even the dialogue in it, like the way they speak and stuff, is very like very serious, and so it's it's a bit more on the mature side, I think. But it's more realistic. That's what drew me into it because you can really imagine it happening in your own life it's not too fluffy fluffy if that makes sense is that is that a is it a dream of yours is that like is that is you want to be maddie in 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 real life (laughs) (laughs) obviously (laughs) i mean i already have the red hair i just need the aussie accent so, yeah so you if, know if, that, uh, ice queens are my thing so. yeah if you're a business mogul and like a, a very stern boss jills is available <laughs> yes <laughs> that was so enthusiastic <laughs> yes <laughs> okay i do want to say this is very well written it's it's very uh it's not dialogue heavy um which sometimes is a bit of an issue for me i like to get a lot of dialogue I don't really know why that is I think I just find that more entertaining um when there's more dialogue because I feel I get more about the characters and this we've an antagonist and a protagonist and our protagonist is Maddie and our antagonist is well 
I don't know if she's an antagonist necessarily. She definitely is in the first like couple of chapters because Elena's a bitch. Like a stone cold bitch. So <laughs> Jules loves that she's a bitch. They're I'm also like, a Capricorn, so Well, there you go. Uh, I see myself it's like I wanna be Elena and date her you want to be her and be on her the absolute lesbian struggle sapphic struggle from start to finish (laughs) you want to be her and be on her um i don't i don't i think i've ever had that problem um actually that's not true currently have that problem with alba baptista that's my current problem i'm like i don't know whether i really like want to be you or if i think you're attractive Kind of, exactly. it's very, well, listen, Latin blood, I can't, I can't ignore it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a struggle for me. Also, shout out to Warrior Nun, because I love that oh, fucking God show. Bless. Such God, a good, God yeah. Um, okay, so Elena, bad bitch, but also just a stone cold bitch. This is written in two perspectives. It's both like you get Maddie's perspective and you get Elena's, but I feel like Elena's was flushed out more than Maddie's. Um, and I find that happens when an author writes two perspectives at the same time, um, is that one character has a bit more sustenance to them than the other. Um, I ended up actually liking Elena more than I, I liked Maddie. But as it has happened through the last year of reading, um, I find that the protagonist of a story is rarely the one you like the most. Um, but I did, I did like Elena the most at the end. Um, it's, it starts off really slow, man. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting it because of the way people talk about it. Like people are like, the Sapphic community is very intense about this book and I absolutely love it. So I was expecting it to hit me hard, like from the get go, but it didn't. And I was kind of like, oh, I was expecting more of like a, a rev so to speak from the beginning and I think some of that was just obviously those are just my expectations um and I was going in from a very different place as well but it did get quite punchy once chapter 14 hits uh-huh. when it chapter because chapter 14 is called the brutal truth so that's when shit oh, yeah. shit hits the fan <laughs> and the fun the fun starts I also wasn't fun side characters that I love. I also wasn't expecting Elena to be married to a man. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Totally denies everything. Yeah, and there's only one instance where you like get a glimpse of the fact that she may be queers when she talks about a girl from when she was grown up. Jenny, was that her name? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the only moment. And she got scared about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She got. Well, I'll let you talk. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> that, that was the only moment where I was like, oh, so this has been like a constant thing. Um, and the way she's presented in the first chapter and oh my God, I stereotyped the shit over. And that's bad on my part because I'm like judging books based on their stereotypes. But they, like her outfit was described and I was like, oh, it must be like a, a known thing that she's queer. And then I found out she had a a husband and like she was very adamant that she was straight and I was like oh I mm-hmm. I just I completely just perpetrated an entire stereotype right then completely humbled my self <laughs> in a hot second um but yeah I wasn't expecting it to be married to man also the way Richard would in, was introduced he's a gross fucker oh so gross and it, octopus did you did you watch um the ball type 
I did not. No. There's a guy in that. His name is Richard, and he's like the big business head in it of of a fashion magazine. And I was oh. picturing, I was picturing this Richard like that Richard. Okay. But he came, he was so sleazy that it completely ruined it. He's a creepy, like his, we meet him by him, like snogging the face off Elena and like grabbing oh, her ass. And I was so like, uh, yeah. uh, the whole time, like eyeballing Maddie, like who does that? A creep. <laughs> Out straight. If you do that, you're creepy. Um, But yeah, when, when he was introduced, I was like, Okay, there's something about him I don't like. I was worried that it was going to be a cheating storyline. In the when I found out she was she was still like married to a man and like there was that like something something underlying very mellow underlying. Like you sort of had to read between the lines a little bit. I think for a lot of for the a lot of the first part of the book, but I was worried that it was going to be a cheating storyline, and I fucking hate cheating storyline. I just I can't stand them. Oh, you should have texted me. Yeah, you could have soothed me, but at least I was like pleasantly surprised that it it wasn't. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I can't. Any of the ones that I've read that have become like a cheating storyline, it it just completely puts me off. I'm like. And she's like the total opposite. Maddie's like, ready to go. She's like, separated. And she's like, no, I will not jeopardize yeah. her integrity until this divorce goes through. Yeah. Bad respect for but, her. But Maddie already has her pants around her ankles. Like, yeah, like, I've been waiting the first day I saw you in that elevator in that suit. <laughs> yeah, the suit. That was the thing. It was a, a, a power move. Has slight Devil Wears Prada vibes. Except yes, obviously, that's why El- I think I enjoyed it. Yeah, except she's not. I don't think Elena is as mean as Miranda Priestley. No, definitely not. She's definitely she, not like, bitchy. You see her character evolve. Like she hides the nice things that she does. Yes. Or she'll be mean to help someone else out. Um, and yeah, you see that repeated over and over again in the book. So. Yeah, her character definitely gets a lot of more yeah. Out. Yeah, and I think you. Um, she was probably always queer, but she got scared early on when mm. her like mentor, when she was young and being mentored by. Um, oh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. By uh, I know. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking her about. Old boss. Yes. Yeah, and she was saying how she kind of alluded to the fact that. Alina should get a husband. Yeah. Um, even if she, like, didn't, if she, you know, even if she wasn't completely into men, it was just at that time. And I think Alina just treated it as, like, a business transaction. So, yeah, that's where I saw that come in. Yeah, her, you the difference, I think, between her and Miranda Priestley is that Alina's meanness is, uh, it's a, it's a business it's a tactic. Facade. Yeah, it's a it's a business tactic. It's not it's not real. It's not genuine. Like you see them, the 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 part of the story where Maddie finds out that she donates to all these different places and she helped out some some trans people in where was it? Was it Poland? Anyway, um, those were yeah, the little moments. Polish. Yeah. Area. She would help out all types of charities and. Yeah, there was loads of like background philanthropy that she like didn't tell anybody about, and that was when I was like, "Oh shit!" Because the whole time you're reading it, you're like, you see Elena the same way Maddie does, where you're like, "Okay, there's moments where she's nice, but she's also just a bitch." Um. <laughs> But then when I saw moments like that, I was like, "Oh no! Like this is all just 
And I actually had a conversation uh, similar with Emma the other day because I was saying there's so many women in really important, like, business figure women who can be really rude and and sort of crass and like mean in a way but when you get to the back of it it's like they have created that meanness to get to where they are and Elena is supposed to be the most renowned fashion magazine owner and businesswoman in the whole world the tiger shark yeah the yeah, fucking tiger, tiger shark um she kind of went with that one yeah, it works for her. And I think she says it a couple of times where she's like, it, it does her a favor to have that reputation. Mm-hmm. Like people are afraid of her, so they don't overstep her boundaries. They don't put her in dangerous positions. She has all the power and that's all calculated on purpose. So like her her meanness isn't real. I feel like Miranda Preci is just kind of fucking mean. Um, <laughs> I feel oh, like yeah. she, yeah, she was just yeah. mean. So I think that's like the main big difference but it definitely had like massive like even Felicity who by the way absolutely love her I think she's hilarious <laughs> there's a spin-off of just Felicity's story too that's so good I did not Brandis. know that what I, waited, I love her I waited to tell you that oh yeah, my I god I didn't know yeah, that it's so good the spin-off is you'll enjoy it yeah I love Felicia. I thought she was brilliant. Like, even though she came in, like, all guns blazing and she was sort of bitchy, I still really liked her. But then, um, <laughs> like, I just thought she was, she was brilliant. All the side characters are amazing, by the way, too. Yeah, they are. Simon, love him. Perry, I love. Perry's and good, Natalie yeah. and Veronique are my two favorite people oh my god i was not that was such a good moment for the plot because obviously like the whole thing has to do with a bet and the moment also elena fires maddie so often in this fucking book (laughs) she just fires her and keeps bringing her back it's like such a weird (laughs) such a weird relationship between the two of them but it's it's worth it, like, and every time she brings her back, you're like, oh, like she just can't get rid of her because she likes looking at her. Um, but I I thought Felicity was brilliant, but her point of view from the the fallout with Richard, I thought was like super important. Also, was shocked to find out that she wasn't in love with Elena because I actually made a note in the beginning of the story when Felicity first came into it I put a little note beside it and I was like it's gonna be like a love triangle between Felicity Maddie and Elena is Felicity gonna be like fuck you like you're screwing my woman like I I genuinely thought that was gonna be I was as surprised as Maddie was when I found out she had a boyfriend um yeah and I you have to read the spin-off because it changes and then she realizes a few things of maybe why she was so jealous. Now, see, that's what I was like, because I was like, that's like one of those things, you know, where like you when you're growing up and you fall in love with your best friend, but you don't actually think you don't realise it's that until you're like out right, of the closet yeah, and you're in a full-fledged relationship and you're like, Oh, that's what that was. I love that she that's has why a spin-off. She kept getting so angry. She's like, why are you in her guest room? Why is she buying these clothes? <laughs> yeah. What is happening, Maddie? <laughs> like, there was, in her guest room, there was a story I read, maybe it was a fanfic I read that was fairly similar. And like, but I that was such a nice moment. Like those, that was one of the moments where I actually started to really like Elena's character was when <clears throat> Maddie stayed in her house after she had fired her and then tried to rehire her. And then brought her home and was like, oh, you don't need me anymore. Never mind. All within like 
an hour. Heartbreaking. It was so bittersweet because you saw how much Elena cared for her. And then Maddie obviously has cared for her that entire time. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, that's where the story really takes off and Maddie really comes into her own Yeah, that's when her character starts to get a bit more sustenance. There's, like, so many plot lines. I feel like there's no... Obviously, the main arc of the story is do these two people bang or not? Like, are they going to fall in love? But then there's so many, like, (laughs) subplots. There's the plot with Richard and the the blacklist of men and then kind of like in something to talk about. And then there's the um, Maddie's career. Then there's Elena's career. Um, uh, and then there's Maddie, like, being in New York versus wanting to be in Australia, and there's all of these, like, subplots, and it makes Maddie's it... blog. Yes, that the blog. That was one of my favorite things. That's why I'm surprised, because maybe it was the audiobook, but the way it was read, it was just so good, and maybe because I was in a similar situation of just feeling that way as Maddie was feeling in New York and the way she wrote about it, it was just so, like, beautiful to me. Like, I could yeah. relate to what she was saying in those blogs. Well, because you actually worked in New York. Alina. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, New York City's not fun. It's a, it's a lonely city. Um, I'm happy not to be doing that anymore. Yeah, because uh, actually, when I read One Last Stop, that was, like, a major, like talking point in one last stop as well that new york is like a really lonely place mm-hmm. you're I'm, surrounded by so many people and you've never felt more alone that's so weird I've, I've literally never been near it so i wouldn't i guess if if i ever do manage to visit it i'll uh, get more of a sense of what those blog posts were but the i really liked the emails between the two of them when maddie was in um vietnam dear foolish girl yeah, those emails were really good and like you can see Elena really come into like her for somebody who'd never been with a woman, her confidence to flirt with a woman and like be sort of intimate yeah. with a woman was very uh convincing. Yeah, you can tell she thought about it a lot. <laughs> she took notes. <laughs> Especially after Maddie <laughs> was with Barony the fashion show and, and then Elena's just caressing her back the entire time just oh, like Jesus. swirled all over her I had to actually skip that paragraph because I was like I'm getting se- I'm getting secondhand embarrassment I can't watch this I, I can't read it even I can't watch it I can't read it because I was like it's so intense I like skimmed through it really quickly and then I was like no I can't take that in because I was like <laughs> like oh my god I think I experienced <laughs> maybe it was secondhand gay panic maybe that's maybe that's what that was <laughs> yeah Maddie was just frozen. She didn't know what to do. She was like, is this real? We've all been there, bitch. We've all been there, I I assume. But yeah, that's. I think that's the only thing that, for me, I would have liked to, see, to have seen more of Maddie's kind of growth. Because overnight, she just becomes this really famous person. But we only learn about that through her conversations with Elena, but not actually through her herself. And not in the same capacity. Because, like, there's a whole, like, four pages um, in, like, chapter 20 or 30 or something where Elena just talks about how her feelings for Maddie developed. I don't feel... Right. Maddie got this I got the same from Maddie I don't know if it's because her character was a bit more nonchalant maybe that's why nothing was as intensely 
written from her point of view because she isn't really that intense kind of person. She's a bit more... Uh, She's very Australian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, actually, yeah. Uh, and no offense to Australian listeners, but I love it. I love her. Um, but I feel like she had feelings for Elena for a while and until this... So, like, it wasn't a surprise to her or anything. And yeah. until the second time she gets fired where she's, like, uh, helping Natalie out over Zoom, she realizes she's, like, talking about her feelings. And then she's like, oh, I'm in love. Yeah, and she just kind of sits in the background, like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. that's sudden. That's a crazy-ass day for her. I know. Can I... you imagine being fired, being a whistleblower, telling about, like, sexual misconduct at yeah. the company... Uh, revealing the blacklist that all the previous assistants wrote down of the predators in the company and then having to say one of the biggest ones is her then husband Richard creepy boss I, I, I hate that uh, fucker he's such an asshole then, yeah and then she goes from there being fired to having to go to Natalie's house to save her to save her fucking relationship yeah <laughs> yeah so she like talks about <laughs> Her love with Elena. And then, um, and then she just gets one question, uh, to Veronique, who's the fashion designer that hasn't spoken to the public ever. Uh, and then from one question, she gets all that. And then, yeah, her peak as a human being all happened in like a day. Yeah. Like she, she goes to that fucking gay bar with Natalie and then all of a sudden her life just completely like it's yeah. just completely was, was there Skyfire? Skyfire I thought that was so cute Skyfire it reminded me of when I first met Lena I was having a conversation with her and she couldn't she was trying to say Fireflies but she couldn't remember what Fireflies was in English she only knew it in Spanish and it was such a cute conversation where she's like I don't know what it is and that's what this <laughs> the Skyfire moments <laughs> reminded me of I was like that's so cute <laughs> and I was like I wonder what she means by Skyfire and then when Maddie was like fireworks I was like oh that's what that fucking means I was like what Skyfire at first I thought it was like <laughs> this is gonna sound ridiculous now that I know what it is but I thought what she said <laughs> Skyfire where, like I'm going to bring you Skyfire I was like is this like an elite like underground club that only really famous people are in like that that's what it was and then then they figured out what it was and I was like oh those are I was really wrong I was so I was really wrong actually in a lot of the in a in a lot of moments reading this book I was wrong about a lot I was wrong about a lot of things I thought it was going to be a cheating storyline I assumed from the get-go that Elena was um already queer I also thought it was going to be like heavy on the the romance from the beginning and what was the other thing I assumed oh when Maddie has a conversation with Simon about her ex Rachel I was like oh they're gonna bring Rachel back into it and Rachel's gonna throw a spanner in the works and it's gonna be a whole thing but that didn't happen also pleasantly surprised by that I was completely taken aback and I was Lena was on zoom with me while I was like getting to the like real nitty-gritty of it and I turned around I was like oh my god like I was really wrong about this whole book like I was 
I went into it with the same expectations based off of what I have gotten in a lot of the other books I've read, which is kind of similar. Like they've all been love triangles or cheating or like really sexual um, from the get-go or like innuendo-y more so than anything else. But this book was like, ironically, is like very honest and like very genuine the entire time. And I was completely taken aback by that. It was like, a, it wasn't anything that I expected, but also what everything that I expect when I start reading a romance novel. Yeah. So like, there were so many things that I expected because they were there, what I've been getting the whole time I've been reading different sapphic romances. And I got the complete opposite of all of those things. And in such an in such a nice way as well, like I said, like the way their relationship fluffed out in the end, I really liked and I I wasn't expecting that at all. I was expecting a whole big hullabaloo about it, but it wasn't. There's a moment where Maddie tells Elena she loves her, but Elena doesn't respond with those exact words and the the the, the end of the chapter is who needs words anyway? And that has come up a couple of times in some of the books I've read. And I do wonder if there's people who don't have the necessity of somebody actually saying the words, I love you, like, uh, like literally like that. I, if, if, if Lena didn't say <laughs> those three words, I would not have any sense. I, well, I would have a good chunk, but I don't think I would have a solid feeling of security. You know what I mean? So I do wonder if some people don't find it necessary because like obviously actions speak louder than words and Lord knows I've heard the words I love you and figured that they were not real. But so like obviously people behaving like they love you is of the utmost importance but I do like I did wonder if maybe she wasn't gonna say it at all and Maddie would just be fine with that she does though eventually right yeah she does um yeah she's just like really messed up but she but I think in the next like from Richard and everything like she can't trust herself but she I think she tries to explain to Maddie she's like but you can like move in with me and and through her actions, Maddie's like, I know that she loves me, but yeah, I don't know. I think that would be hard. I would have to hear, hear it. Yeah. I think most people, I think, well, I don't know, but I feel like most people would because it, it just gives you like that solid, it really like fucks me up that line because I like, then I started thinking like, is that? the most important thing because like I said like I've been in a position where I've been told that and it was false so right what's the real what's the which which is which is the most important thing like I think if Lena never told me if there was a period of time where Lena didn't say it I would I probably I don't think I would necessarily look for it now because I I I know that very solidly and like I'm very secure in 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 their emotions for me and like their feelings for me. But it's also just nice to hear it. Like it's it's yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But I think because of the way Lena behaves and the way she treats me and stuff like that, I already know it. So I don't know if now I would necessarily absolutely need it, but I think in the beginning, definitely, like when you're especially when you're only starting uh, Well, I think a that was one of their main 
struggled, right, is communication. Yeah, no, they <laughs> were really bad at know. it. No, yeah, their communication was fucking shocking. Um, so it didn't. Their communication are, didn't get good until just back and forth. Yeah, their communication didn't get good until they put in that bet with each other. Where no, even after that though, like Natalie, like has to force them to to get together. Yes, when yeah, because it's all mixed signals. Like Maddie's laying it on the line, saying, "I have feelings for one woman, and that's you." And Elena is saying well it's impossible i'm getting a divorce i have so many expectations on me and she's not clear to maddie but she thinks she's being clear to maddie saying like just wait for me to get through this yeah. and then we'll be together but from all our the, from my perspective it wasn't clear to me either no <laughs> yeah i did I not get that until mess. not until I'm natalie like, said it where I'm she was like, like throw the girl a bone <laughs> Like she's she's been waiting for you since forever. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I had forgotten about that. She she like baked your goods every night. She did what she got her that freaking badass luxury that she didn't know was like. Oh yeah, men like sacrifice or something. But yeah, yeah, she like. Just give her something. So they were just bad at communicating yeah, no. in general. So they I actually think it were also stems from that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it was a bit much of Maddie to to like lay it on thick like that for Lena and expect her to to just like scream the, her love for her at the top of her lungs when she was in the middle of divorce proceedings after finding out that her husband has it has been sexually harassing young women that work for her like that's a lot to be dealing with and a lot of like she was you she obviously said like she was dealing with a lot of guilt and around that subject and a lot of concerns about her future and um her as I said like before her career and stuff and then obviously she has these feelings that she can't do anything with yet and she's under a lot of pressure and stuff and so I feel like it was a bit it was a bit much for Maddie to expect her to like lay it all out just there and then like when she's dealing with all these other things and she knows like Elena knows that the backlash of doing it the wrong way would be like catastrophic and Maddie's persistence for her to be like no tell me how like that's a lot like I yeah, she I, kept saying, she's like, I need to know where we stand. Yeah. And Elena's like, it's just, it's impossible right now, but yeah. it just doesn't get through to you in Maddie's head that, I think it's so far-fetched to Maddie that, that Elena would even be interested in her. So, like, she's getting this these mixed signals after the fashion show, and Elena's starting to, like, you know, be attracted to her and check her out and all these things. And Maddie's already, like, in love with her. But she just wants to, like, know that there could be a possibility. So when Elena says it's impossible and, like, explains all the reasons, I think Maddie just quickly spirals in her head. (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, a whole panic, like, panic stations for her, I think, at that point. But I do feel like Elena, out of both of, out of the two of them, was probably under the most duress. (laughs) Yes. at that point like the bitch is going through it like holy fuck she had to fire her long time her long term mentor her fucking husband like oh jesus like she was in the thick of it like fucking hell and all the while and giving, trying to like figure out how to screw him over oh my god that was brilliant 
when I, I wasn't actually uh-huh. expecting that bit. I won't say too much about it because if you haven't read it, totally worth it. Even just for that chapter, mm, totally yeah. worth it. But yeah, like that was fucking hell. She was re- and all the while trying to build this career or help Maddie build this amazing career, which like the end of it, I was like, oh, I wish I had seen more of like Maddie's career, like flourish from her point of view. Um, because the last really big thing we see about Maddie's career is when she's at the 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 ball in Australia, like the first ball that they go to together, and she leaves because she's like, oh, I felt like a like an object all night. Like people, everybody wanted a piece of me, and then she fucks off. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, she's like on her way to Vietnam, and I was like, wait, what? Like whoa like that's that's massive like life jump and I don't I didn't feel like I really got to see Maddie like go through that process after that ball um again like I still feel like we got most of Elena's perspective when it came to like Maddie going to Vietnam and being away for three months like it was a lot of like oh my god so much pining in that chapter where she's gone for three months holy shit like those that was one of the moments where I was like oh Elena has it like oh she's in deep like those were those are really like those are really (laughs) like like checking the weather she was she was like she was considering buying the company honestly all of those like panic moments yeah where she was like i want to send a security team over to follow her around like she knew the distance from like the nearest town to where she currently was like oh i loved when perry just threw that out there when he just was like randomly asked like what the or he mentioned the weather of yeah. a place where Maddie would be, and Elena just immediately like talks about it. And she knows everything <laughs> about it, and Perry's yeah. like, "Yeah, there's nothing going on." <laughs> yeah, I did love. He was good. I did really like him. He he was the Stanley Tucci of the story. Yes. Yeah. So I pictured him as Stanley. Ch- oh, can I say who I like pictured everyone? Yes, oh, please mind. give us the goss. So, yeah, I picture Stanley Tucci um, for uh, Elena. I pictured uh, either Lynn Renee sometimes or um, uh, Lana, uh, Lana, Lana Parija. Parija. Am I saying? Lana Parija? Saying yeah, yeah. Oh, from interesting. Gina from Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And then for um, Maddie, of course, I pictured Jessica Chastain. <laughs> no love her if she gets that part for cecilia st james that would be really interesting yeah we talked about that months ago yeah yeah that rumor's been going around um and then natalie and bernie i don't know if they're just their own characters i haven't yeah included everyone but i do love them i think i think i was probably on the same Perry definitely had like the Stanley Tucci vibe, except he wasn't as mm, sassy. Right. Um. But yeah, I could de- he that I could definitely feel that. Also, love Stanley Tucci. I think he's fucking great. Um. I that's interesting that you that you see Lana Parija. As I said, like when the yeah. book, when I first started reading or the book, Lynn, and I was like, Renee, yeah, Motherland what? or Gossip Girl. When I was when I first started reading it, as I said, like and the, all the characters were introduced, I wasn't fully engaged. Like I can't fully remember the first maybe couple of chapters because I was just reading to read. I wasn't fully in it yet. I'll probably go back and do you know what? 
I would definitely read this book again because as I said like it was very surprising now it is it takes a it takes a hot minute but now that I've gotten to the end and I see the way it actually all turns out I will go from I would start from the very begin very beginning and pay more attention um it's kind of like when I started watching when I started watching Warrior Nun I was like the first three episodes I was like Lena I'm gonna kill this bitch like Ava's so annoying I want to like oh my god like she's so irritating and then by the end of season two I was like no I need to watch that all again I need to see that properly right. because I, I was like the first couple of episodes I was just really annoyed at Ava's character I wasn't fully paying attention and that's how I feel about this book <laughs> I wasn't fully like grasped by the aguagates um in the beginning so I'm gonna have to go back and do it again but it's definitely worth the second four five ten three well, like I'm happy yeah, that you want to go back and read it. You can see my obsession levels now. Yeah, there's only... Yeah, I can see why it's a comfort story for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Because the way the way their relationship ends up kind of transpiring is actually really nice. Um, and it's really gentle. Also, quick side skip to the sex scenes. Oh my God. You mean like the last couple chapters? Yeah, what <laughs> the fuck were they? That was a lot. Like I was that they're the most descript sex scenes I've I've read since I started. Yeah, it was hands down. Oh my god! Yeah, that's exactly what I was like. There was a lot of like, oh my god! There was just there was so much. I was. Elena was like, "Is this normal three hour sessions?" Oh yeah, that was so funny. (laughs) And it definitely is. Three hours is short. I feel three hours is a short time. Like. It's protein bar, Gatorade, water. water. Keep going. Water. Yeah, need like electrolytes. A, need a camelback backpack or something around the back. <laughs> Get some water quick. I thought a camelback. I thought a camelback was like an American protein bar. First, no, it's like a backpack <laughs> with the water in it, and it has yeah. like the tube. A lot of like kids drink them at festivals, like music festivals and stuff. But it, oh. yeah. The, I just I thought it was a bar. Yeah, no, you definitely like you mini fridge in the bedroom sort of situation. Like that was so yeah. funny. I and love that. I even describe her like Simon's walking up and Alina's just cupping Maddie's vagine. Vagine. Yeah. What the? F- like as soon as Elena like she, admitted she her like, feelings. Oh, yeah. As soon yeah. as she like this admitted her feelings, like. she just went hell for leather. Like. That for the first time they slept together, she was in charge. I feel like she doesn't know how to come out of that zone though. But for somebody who had never been with a woman physically like that before, like it definitely she admitted like, that she researched. So I think she wanted yeah. to recreate because she wanted to have sex with her in the dressing room. So I think she needed to recreate that moment. Oh. Yeah, when she was in that dress. Yeah, that never, that thought never occurred to me. That makes so much more sense because I was like, why is she saying all? Why is she giving all this direction? Talking about it, she's like, what were you? What were you wearing a lace thong? What were you wearing under that beautiful dress? I did. (laughs) I did not put those two things together. How the fuck did they miss that? (laughs) I was see. I'm not really good with sex scenes. It make me really nervous. And so I was reading it kind of like one eye, one eye closed. I was like, oh my God. 
And because they were very, like, they were very graphic, I was like, oh, this is, all I could focus on was the fact that I was getting a lot of information. And so I never copped that that's what she was doing. Oh, my God, what a dirty bitch. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's, <laughs> she was like, this is my fantasy. I want it. Like, whoa. How did I not cop that? I need to go back and I need to reread that. Bit. And if you listen to it, like her voice gets so low and like sexy, but like <laughs> in the dressing room when she just first realizing that she's even attracted to Maddie, like it's crazy. So you I like highly recommend audio book. You like a low kind of um yeah her raspier voice, voice low yeah yeah I and then you just like hear the subtle difference. The narrator was incredible. This book. I'm gonna have to listen. It's just so comforting to me. I'm gonna have to listen to it. That's way too intriguing. I um, I'm not a. I looked up the narrator's name and it was. Thank you, Angela Daw. I I, I guess. Oh my gosh! Everyone's gonna kill me. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Perhaps Selena. That's why we have them here. Actually, about to ask Lena, can you look it up quick? I read my mind. This is how we're all so so similar. But okay, Abby Craven is also like a top one. Yes, Angela Dot. Thank you. Okay. Fabulous. Shout out to Angela. Definitely helping Jill's get to sleep a lot. This book is actually my fave. And Lee Winter. Chef's kiss. No. Yeah. Oh, I really hope Lee Winter is. And she does a spin-off for just Felicity's story, but then it all we like hear more about what's going on in Elena and Maddie's lives. Oh. And then she does like a series of short stories from like all her previous books and there's like a couple chapters of Maddie and Elena in it. Um, oh my god, because I the book ended and I was like, Oh, I'd really like to see more of their like more domestic life after this. Yeah, wow, that's deadly. Sorry, They're Lee so Winter good. giving the readers what they want. Yeah. Oh, shit. Now I see why yeah. Lee Winter's on the top of everybody's list. Yeah. That's has, brilliant. Like, there's, yeah, there's so many good books. I have a lot of her books, actually. That's wild. Um, I love that there's like little mini spin-off stories. That's class. Yeah, because there's like, she does another one, Hotel Queens, I'm pretty sure. And then there's... That's a fruity name. Um, there's one about assassins, which you know I love assassin books. <laughs> oh, I don't, not to scare your audience. <laughs> Jill's likes to be flung around the room. <laughs> I like badass female heroine ca- characters, type characters. With know? a with a low raspy voice. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, their love interests. I'm I'm more of yeah. a I'm more of a soft, gentle kind of more. Not feminine voice, but definitely a, um, not just a more gentler kind of higher pitch voice. Because um, my yeah, voice like is, Maddie's. yeah, my voice is quite deep for my standards. And so when I'm listening to myself talk, which is interesting doing a podcast, I don't like it. But like if I listen to Lena speak, love it because her voice is higher and it's gentler. I'm definitely not as gentle as <laughs> spoken as lena <laughs> um but yeah that's whoa i love that that's deadly whoa lee winter's now at the top there's, i've claire ashton and lee winter and then those two people can just sit side by side and be my favorite authors now also care smith but there's some bias in there but whatever oh that's deadly i'm gonna need to read those now 
Oh, but I also have yeah. to read the book book. Fuck's sake. Yeah, definitely do the audiobook. Yeah, I'm going to have to now. I can't do... So audiobook got rid of sharing books because I would have been able to share these with Ali and Lena um, a few years ago and, and they got rid of that, which is so frustrating. Is that with Audible or Amazon? Yeah, with Audible. Like You used to be able to share your books that you already bought with friends and family for free. Jammy bosses. Audible, get your shit together. That's so annoying. I have everything because I'm impatient. <laughs> I get I get obsessive when reading, so if I have a paper copy and it's nighttime and I'm tired, I will just buy the audiobook so I can continue the story. Listen to just, yeah. No, I'm definitely gonna have to listen to the audiobook of this now. I'm probably gonna do it as soon as we're finished here. Because it's, it's, it's the, so good. I just uh do, and the, the accents for Natalie and Veronique are fucking hilarious. Do you um, think it would just everyone? Yeah. It's so good. And Felicity is hilarious because Felicity had ele- is it ele- elocution classes? Elocution lessons, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she went through, she wanted to become a lawyer, but she's from the Midwest, right? So she yeah. has a very uh, uh, Midwestern accent. Um, and when they it breaks through sometimes in the story, it's so hilarious when she gets flustered. Oh yeah, because they do mention that Elena or yeah. Maddie mentions that. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to do um, that now. That's wild. Do you think it would make a good limited series? Like, would you watch it? Oh yeah, yeah. We should get far. on that. I really. This I is. I think there'll be a a big comparison to the Devil Wears Prada, so they'd have to be careful there. But yeah, I think if it's a limited series, though. It might, there's there's more room for movement or there's more wiggle room there if it's a series we really need like this is such a big problem because I feel like stories like this or like something to talk about or any of like the bigger sort of like the New York Times bestsellers ones like you should see me in a crown or obviously Evelyn Hugo the seven husbands is getting a series but there's so many of the books that I've read recently that would be really good and really really easily adapted into television and yet the likelihood that that would happen is so low because they're not well not because they're not something but because they're too <laughs> they're too sapphic and nobody wants that like that's true it's it's the same reason things like first kill we don't and, want it it's like ridiculous they yeah should, though. that's why i like, keep saying stop like stop doing period pieces of lesbians i'm over it yeah like, i don't need no to see another ammonite yeah i don't need to see another ammonite i don't yeah, need to yeah, and then I, I was like the only reason i'm watching this is because of, of kate winslet and Saoirse Ronan. like i can't yeah. i can't no i can't get this is we need we need a production company that's just dedicated to sapphic content because at this rate like tv is just fucking homophobic at this rate well particularly towards sapphics um there's like obviously heartstopper is huge and that got like a and like that's great great for heartstopper but then you look at shows like first kill or warrior none or everything sucks or um teenage bounty hunters like i'm not familiar with heartstopper it is a very popular um, MLM uh, show on Netflix. Uh, it was between two young boys. Like, uh, oh, okay. Um, it's uh, it takes place in England. Yeah. And uh, one of them is like very gay, like 
out and proud. Mm, and okay. other one is like a jock, but he's not like a jerk jock. Like he has right. friends who are assholes jerks, but he's like really nice. And they be, end up becoming friends, and in so doing. Uh, the 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 jock guy realizes that he also likes boys, mm. and so so that's like the whole the whole premise behind it is uh, these two young boys. It's really fluffy. It's really nice. It's a oh, nice God. story. It's a good story. It's, it's a, a good nice show. Story, yeah, yeah. It, did, it did make me cry when I watched it, but obviously I don't connect with male MLM is like male loving male um media as much as i connect with with wlw yeah or something right. yeah. obviously yeah. it's a different experience um but i've asked people uh especially straight people why they watch uh gay storylines like with men as opposed to watching sapphic storylines and, and i honestly just think that straight women make a make up a lot of the audience for gay romances for romances between men yeah um i don't think a lot of straight women actually watch sapphic media and so they don't no um gay media gets a lot gets a, a foot a leg up um yeah that, that sapphic media does not get and yeah it was very obvious with uh, something like uh heartstopper where you know i mean they only really got like they only really got like uh 13 million views um and immediately by the end of the week that it had been released, they had already approved it for a season two. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have shows like Warrior Nun uh, that has, you know, a lot more viewing time. Yeah. And it couldn't make it past a second season. So, and First first um, Kill also had more views in the first week than Heartstopper did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it did so, so, Warrior Nun and Teenage Bounty Hunters. Like, yeah, um, yeah. and they were not I promoted. Think. Also, Young Royals got a got renewed as well. That's also um, two. Yeah, like yeah. that's two males. So, like, do you know what I think? All so sapphic, sapphic con- production company. All sapphic content creators to just pull all their money together. Let's all just put our fucking money together and just come up with something because, like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I'm so upset about worrying on fucking stupid and this book absolutely 100% I would love to see this like I would love to watch it but the yes, likelihood if who would play the people no, <laughs> just just living out a whole fantasy when she's listening to this book yeah <laughs> and I love that Jessica Chastain has been listed for another sapphic series already but we I have an obsession obviously with Jessica Chastain. I think every woman oh, listen everybody with a pair of fucking eyes can appreciate Jessica Chastain, a hundred percent, like without a doubt. But if you had somebody like Lee Winter, or Meryl Wilsner, or um, Taylor Jenkins Reid, or like uh, Rachel Lippincott, or Alison Derrick, or Leah Johnson, or Kaylin Bayron, or any of these people who have written the books that I've read over the last year, to have them in the background creating. Not just written content, but like uh, TV content for sapphic people would be major. Like these people are writing stories exactly as we experience our lives as sapphics. Because there's a very big, there's a reason they say that like lesbians and gay men clash. Our lives are very, very different. And we experience our sexuality and and things like that very differently. And our romances are very different. And so we don't get enough of that represented in our... There's a lot of sapphic books 
there's um a lot of sapphic limited series like web web series on youtube and all of those places like these are stories that should be put on television because they're real depictions of real sapphic stories that we can all relate to there were so many moments in this book that i was like oh yeah i've been there but i could i there wasn't moments like when and i i hate to use heartstopper as an example because i feel like i'm beating on the show but it's the most current one there was no moment in when i was watching that show where i was like yeah i can really relate to what he's going through right now because it's very different for gay men and, and sapphics like the way we experience our emotions and stuff is is very different and so you can't connect to it on the same level and to have something that you can fully engage in on a life from from a life perspective like that's huge but to have writers like this and their their books and like because there's plenty of people who don't read there's plenty of people who don't enjoy reading and so they're not getting the content that we're getting I get some satisfaction from reading stories about me right Yes. And I'm sure I'm yeah. sure you do as well. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. we there's plenty of people who don't. Like Emma doesn't read, really. She's read a couple of books, but it's not something she enjoys. She always says, like, there's no fucking pictures and she doesn't understand why once you become an adult your books don't have pictures. <laughs> but she gets to live out those like romance, heterosexual romance novels through TV shows and movies and TV shows. Yeah, exactly. Right, she yeah. gets all of that content elsewhere. We don't. Like, I recently no. just watched uh, something from Tiffany's, the the Christmas movie that had Shay Mitchell in it. And oh, I originally thought, I actually really enjoyed it. Now, I was okay to watch it in the beginning because Shay Mitchell was in it. So I was like, oh, I wonder if it's queer. Because, like, that's all oh, Shay Mitchell. Oh, she Mi- is? I thought it was. No, it's, it's a heterosexual movie. But originally, I thought it was going to be queer because that's, that's where Shay Mitchell lives. Like, when she picks a new show it's when she can be queer so like I just assumed that because she was in it it was going to be queer but it wasn't no I really enjoyed the movie it's actually a really good film and she plays a really good part but I was like the only Christmas film I can think of there's only two one of them is The Happiest Season which I don't like um and the other one was um oh shit what was the name of it it's a it's a movie about a relationship. It's kind of like the happy season where she this girl's in a relationship with another girl, but her family don't know, and she hasn't told the girlfriend that the family don't know, and then she tells them, like there's this whole thing at Christmas or at Thanksgiving or something. She tells the family then, like it's a whole big thing. They're both those movies are just not it. I'm just not with them. Is that the one uh, with the Grey's Anatomy character? The Grey's Anatomy. Jenny something. Jenny's wedding. Yeah. No. Yeah. It it is a hallmark one. It's not Jenny. Jenny's wedding. Oh, fuck off. Catherine Heigl did no research into what it means to be to be a lesbian for yeah, that film. Yeah. Like, like there was just nothing. But the brutal truth, or like, uh, she gets the girl, or something to talk about, would be something brilliant. To talk about, yeah. yeah, they'd be brilliant. Um, TV shows or Even, movies or limited series I know like. You read it yet but my other top favorite so if anyone's listening and wants a new read as well it's called the music and the mirror by lola keely Um, oh and it's a it's about like uh a dance school like like contemporary ballet school so it's very fancy and very gay temporary ballet school where beatrice went um (laughs) isn't lena 
Lena's favorite person in the whole world at the minute is um, Christina Tonterillon. So obviously, like for very good reason. <laughs> um, but I just mentioned that there, and her eyebrows are like, what? Um, <laughs> but yeah, these this oh, I'm fucking kill to see this. I would kill to see it on telly. It would be so oh, good. Me too. I'm so happy that you enjoyed it. I did. I, I really. Badger you because I was like, uh, "Sorry, did you read it yet? Are you done?" Like, <laughs> no, I did finish it today. I did want it to be fresh on the brain. Right. As I said, I did yeah. find it kind of difficult to begin with because it is a slow burn, and my brain was not expecting it. And also, as I said, like I was coming from a very different perspective this time. Like my brain was right. at at low capacity. My mental capacity was very low. My battery. My fit, like it's, my energy battery was low, so holidays, yeah, yeah. So it was. It took a hot minute for me to get into, but once I got into it, oh, I just I fell in love with it. Like the end of it, I was like, no, like I don't want to finish this. Like I want more of it. But now that you've told me that there's a couple of more extra pieces, I'm I'm kind of happy. I'm 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 satisfied now that I know that they're out there. And then I still have the audio book to to go and listen to now, so that would be great on my oh, way to work. Audio book, it's. It's amazing. Yeah. But I do, I want more. So leave you winter, not to be greedy, but <laughs> you could come out with, uh, you know, a sequel. Yes. Not just oh. like the little, a sequel and then a TV show or, or a movie. That'd be great. I would also like a prequel of Elena's life because her backstory is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I would really like to see that. Listen, we know you're busy. You're probably writing other books, but we're just saying. <laughs> you probably have Please. things to do, a life to live. That's fine. But, like, just if you ever feel like it would be a good idea, we're telling you it's a great idea. I would like I would it like is. a prequel and a sequel. Um, yep. Whichever one you feel like first, you know. Um, this would be hilarious if she doesn't listen to it and we're just talking to her like she's here. <laughs> She's not in her life. I fell, I literally fell off my bed when I saw that she liked your Twitter post or commented on it. I was like, shut up. Yeah. I was dying. Actually checking to see if, uh, I tweeted about it earlier. I was just checking to see if she knows that she hasn't seen it yet, but she probably will because I, I tagged her in it and she, any of the tweets that i have tagged lee winter and recently she has liked so um yeah and please keep angela dot as your narrator because she's pure magic she really yeah is. i will listen. I listen to a lot of audiobooks <laughs> she's one of the best yeah i i can't believe i i mixed her up with with abby Abby, but she's another popular one. But that's the so. thing, like if you're reading a lot of audiobooks, like you're gonna get you're gonna get mixed up. I've only listened to one <laughs> audiobook my whole life. Uh, actually that's a lie. One of them one of them was Harry Potter, but that I'm not gonna listen to that anymore. But the second one was a, a book that was narrated. I'm pretty sure it was a heterosexual book. I didn't finish it. I only started listening to it because Devin Hales was the narrator for it from Teenage Bounty Hunters. She um she plays April and I love her oh, voice. I love April. Yeah, I love her voice. I was like, and I, I also really want to be Devin's friend. Like, I feel like we'd be good, we'd be good pals. But yeah, that's the only one. And I didn't get that far when I realized it was like a heterosexual, like, blah, like, yeah. book. I was like, oh, I love her, but I can't listen to this. Um, And I got it as a freebie, like, when I first signed up to Audible originally. It was like, mm-hmm. pick a book. And I was like, okay, this one. Because uh, yeah. uh, like it was just for her, but um, yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued now to listen to this one. But 
Absolute kudos to Lee Winter. It was worth this. I'm glad that this was the book that I chose to come out of my funk with. Um, it was a really nice one to to kickstart everything off again. It has reignited my want to keep reading, which is really nice because I have been struggling the last couple of months to get back into it. And obviously I chop and change between my creative passions, whether it's reading, writing or painting. And there was a couple of weeks there after I finished Warrior Nun that I spazzed out completely and did a bunch of paintings. You're painting so much. Oh my God, I banged out like... And everyone go check out all of Ali's stuff because <laughs> paintings are amazing. But yeah, I go in and out of different creative phases and um once I came Which out of sense. Yeah. artistic person. Yeah, once I came out of my little funk and I felt like being creative again, I knocked out a bunch of paintings and then I was slowly starting to read again and stuff. So but this was a really nice one to to really get back into the the guts of it and, and really like get back into reading and stuff and finding finding my happy place again with it. So I'm really I'm really glad I did this one. It was really nice. And I the I remember the exact moment that I went, oh, I like this book. Which is nice because there's some books I've started and I've like, oh this is really good, I like it. And then by the end of it I'm like, oh yeah that was good, I like it. But because this one completely caught me off guard, it's an even more satisfying feeling. By the time I finished yeah. it, I was like, oh, shit, like, this won me over, like, because, like, in the beginning, I was like, oh, I don't know, like, I don't know if I can do this. And then by the end of it, I was like, like I can't oh, finish. Man, Jules is counting on me. Yeah, and actually, the next book that I'm going to be doing is another recommendation. So we've just had a very, a very long conversation about that book. Listen, I, I also want to point out, I used to do a rating system for these books. I have removed that rating system because I feel as though a lot of them, the better the writing is getting, the more difficult it is for me to be um, critical in, on the writing system. And so it was getting a bit difficult. And also I feel like doing the writing systems now, as I have gotten more into like the book critiquing business, so to speak, um or book reviewing, I have realised that the rating system is kind of, it's not something that readers or like listeners or authors sort of enjoy necessarily anymore. It's not something that's effective um, because it doesn't really show the, the worth of a book because obviously what I rate my books on is plot, character development, stereotypes, relatability and um, story development. So those are all things that like, one as I said like in this book like one character was really well developed and the other one was maybe not as flushed out um so that kind of like affects that slightly or whatever so I've taken that out I'm not doing that but what I will tell you is this book is absolutely worth any fucking money you spend on it like if you're going to start sapphic reading I, if you haven't read any sapphic books or it's not something you feel you're into or that you're just getting started with this should be the book you start with I think yes um it's good representation it's strong characters it's a strong romance um like the plots are really good the the plot is really good the subplots are great the relatability is there the stereotypes are none um it's a good solid book to start with it's a good like romance to really start with if you're looking for something a little bit fluffier and on the softer side then i would go with something to talk about but definitely like this one if you're looking for something a bit more mature this is your 
book like absolutely like I can see why you have read it or listened to it a bajillion times because it's yeah. brilliant and yeah. the writing isn't too complex like there's there was no point where I like had to look up a word which like really fucking annoys right. me when I'm reading where I'm like oh, like and my my oh like obviously because I read a lot like my vocabulary is pretty strong so I fucking hate it when I'm reading a book and I'm like oh, I should right. fucking look this up it's so irritating and then I get distracted <laughs> by like looking that up and I, then I go on a whole tangent. But like I never felt like my brain had to do too much work when I was reading this. It didn't take too much of my mental energy in that sense. Like I didn't have to r- concentrate really heavily on anything. It was written really well. Like the dialogue was quite good. I liked Maddie and Elena's like witty like banter between each other where they would like slang each other off all the time I love that obviously because I'm Irish that's like how we communicate with each other I always say I've said it a million times and I'll say it again if an Irish person swears at you or slags you off they like you if they don't do either of those things you're not doing well so that that's where that's where my love where my love language is I'm like if we can slag each other off we're having a great time so I really liked that they had that dynamic and it like brought Elena down to a more human level so yeah um I Jules has been from the moment she found out I had the podcast she was like you need to read this you need to read this just this one (laughs) just read this and I say okay I'm really glad I read it I'm really glad I picked it up and I spent money on it and Lee Winter can have all of my fucking money just all of it. Um, especially. She has online. <laughs> Jill's has spent so much money on you. I have like, um, every book she's ever written. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should send you a special signed one. Um, that would be nice to add to your collection. But yeah, no, I, like, oh, that would be nice. especially since there's like added pieces to the story, like it's not just left there. She has extra little like chapters that are out there. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's great. That's such a nice added peace this is going to be the longest episode we've ever fucking done i really need to wrap this up okay yeah no longest episode ever i'm gonna have a great time fucking editing this as i said i'm really glad this is how i came back into this podcast because it's been a minute and i was very nervous about doing it again and like i was setting up earlier and i was like i don't actually remember how i do these episodes like how do i speak words um but i i actually really enjoyed it and all of your recommendations will now be taken very seriously jills I know you've sent me loads, yes. um, but I they yes. will definitely, if you say to me, this is a good book, I'd be like, right, that's on my list because you did done really well with this one. This was a, this was a hot one. It was a good one. It was a good, strong Thank one. You. Yeah. And I really appreciate you sitting here and talking to me and talking to all of these people um, about it. Um, it's really nice to have I've done a couple of episodes by myself and it's a little weird so it's nice to have somebody to bounce off of especially because you're like um well and truly fine-tuned to this story and I have Lena just popping in every now and then with the hard facts um which is nice so it was interesting yeah if if ever you have a question that you're not sure about ask Lena they will know straight up I got you guys (laughs) um but yeah and thank you for having me. Um, and as an avid reader, it was, uh, I said yes immediately when I even found out you did uh, these <laughs> yeah. types of podcasts. So anytime you want to have me back. Well, since you're going to be filling out. most of the books that I do, you'll probably be back. Because, oh, yes. like, I'll pro- like, especially if, when I finish Prior of the Orange Tree, you and Lena, 100%. 
because I know right, yeah. yeah but yes I, I appreciate you sitting here for the last hour and a half um talking to me <laughs> now we're just having a good time yeah I am not going to reveal what the next book is normally at the end of the episodes I will tell you our next book is going to be but I'm going to be a little fucker and I'm not going to do that because the next book was recommend that I'm going to be doing was recommended to me by a very dear very dear friend and he has been recommending this book to me for a while and it is a it's it's a very not a big book in terms of like uh pages but it's a big book in terms of popularity and people seem to love it and I think everybody's gonna like love what book it is so I'd like to keep it on 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 the down low and we might stay that way I might keep the next book a surprise for everybody going forward we'll see how I feel about that um as I said like this is just the first episode back after a couple of months so fucking anything could happen it's a free-for-all so yeah if you I will let you know at a certain point what the next book is so you can keep up to date on Twitter and on Instagram um if you want any more information on the books that are on my list for this season you can check my goodreads um i will post some of them i have some of them on twitter or on instagram as well um and if you have read the book that we've just talked about the brutal truth by lee winter or if you um if it's on your to be read list um or if it's one that you're in the middle of Please let me know um, what you thought of the book, what your feelings were about it. I always like to have more um, perspectives because obviously I have one perspective. Jill's has one perspective. Like it's always nice to have other people's. Um, And so if you have read it, if it's coming up and you want to read it or if you were considering reading it, just fucking read it. It's great. Um, It was worth every penny. And if Lee Wind is around, I absolutely think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. But yeah, I guess I'll see everybody in two weeks. You've been listening to What Would Sappho Say? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at say. And please don't be afraid to leave a comment and let us know what you think of the series and or the books that we're covering. We're always happy to have other people's opinions on board. And please don't forget that when you're buying your next queer novel, ask yourself, what would Sappho say?